Hello, and welcome to Someday We'll All Be Dead, a podcast where we talk about all the things with a social work perspective. I'm your host, Hallie Harris, and I'm a hospice social worker. This week is the one-year anniversary of the podcast. Yay! So, in honor of this one year, some housekeeping is that we're going to take about a month off to kind of get some R&R, maybe, hopefully, get some episodes in the can, and get prepared for this coming year. I plan on being back with you in December with some more great episodes, but for now, please enjoy this episode about Day of the Dead. I thankfully had several co-workers with me to do this episode And they lent their expertise and knowledge, both in living in Mexico, as well as their educational knowledge and personal family history. I think it's a great talk. It is about an hour long, and it was a a great talk. I think it's really uh, informative. I think, you know, we really tried to do some research about all the different pieces of Day of the Dead, where it came from, what it means to people, and what it's not, more importantly. So... Please enjoy this episode. If you would be so gracious and you can spare some time in this coming month, if you would rate, review, and subscribe so that other people can find the podcast, we would be very, very appreciative. We're continuing to work on the grief episodes, so please continue to email us your questions at someDayDeadPC at gmail.com. You can contact me on Twitter at someDayDeadPC. You can find us on Facebook at Someday We'll All Be Dead Podcast. And you can still find the website, although it's still under construction. Hopefully, going to have that up here by the end of the year, fixed and ready to go. So without further ado, Day of the Dead with my friends that can pronounce it much better than I can. And now for something completely different. Yeah. Dia de los muertos. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for pronouncing that because I cannot. So this conversation today is going to be all about... Dia de los Muertos. Except I will say that in Mexico, it's typically Dia de Muertos. Now, that's a great point because I did look that up, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I did ask around, and there wasn't really a good explanation except for some people use it that way with one word in between, and some people use it with two words in between, and it just really depends on where you're from. Is that accurate? Yeah, pretty much. My initial instinct would be that Dia de los Muertos is a exact translation of Day of the Dead, Mm. where in Mexico traditionally it would be Dia de Muertos. Well, it's grammatically correct in Spanish to say de los. los. Mexican Spanish, traditional Mexican Spanish, depending which area you're in, doesn't always go with grammar. Kind of like sign language, there's different syntax. And and there's some opinion Mm. that the term that was the original Aztecan when that got switched over to Spanish, that's how it ended up Dia de Muertos. So who knows for sure. So it is Day of the Dead. Yes. Six one way, half a dozen the other. So as I was looking this up, it does tell me that it's a traditional Mexican holiday. And that it's actually a public holiday in Mexico. Celebrated throughout Mexico and elsewhere, but mainly central and southern Mexico, not as much in northern Mexico. Mm-mm. That's not accurate, or that's true? No, that is true. Mostly, okay. I mean, bigger festivals happen in <clears throat> Mexico City, and then you have... Then Oaxaca. that's pretty central, right? Yeah, and then you go south to Oaxaca and Chiapas and in that area, and it's a little bit more 
prevalent. Mm. It's more more celebrated than if you were to be in like Puerto Vallarta or Cancun or you know it's not that's really commercialized Mexico as opposed to getting down to roots but even in some Mexican cultures it's just really not practiced. I think a part of it also depends on it's much bigger in the big tourist areas even though it's a very Mexican holiday very much celebrated by Mexicans those larger cities which have a lot of Mexican tourists as well are the ones that have become known for throwing it but like Michoacan is an area that is not as touristed but has very interesting celebration of it and so what a lot of times is a celebration in more rural areas less visited areas of Mexico tends to be much more subdued than Mm. in Oaxaca okay okay so we'll get a little bit more into where this actually came from in just a second but when I was reading about this it's uh, not seen as a day of sadness Mm -mm. but mourning is then turned into a celebration of prayer and remembrance Mm -hmm. would you say that's accurate yeah, so in, you know, it started, the day that Ed started with the Aztecan culture, and in that culture, it was considered bad juju, or just it wasn't appropriate, it was looked down upon to mourn the dead, and so this was sort of created in a way to celebrate the dead, and to bring them back to be with us, and to to remember them, as opposed to mourning the loss of, and... Mm. So that built and built over time. And so was that really about death being more of a part of life, like it's a natural <sighs> life cycle rather mm-hmm. than like our, forgive me, but dumb American culture where we don't talk oh, about it at all. We're terrible at talking about death as an American culture. And I think that this is a really good <clears throat> example of that we're not mourning the dead, but we're celebrating the life and honoring the lives of those that came before us in this, in Dia de los Muertos culture. You mm-hmm. know, um, we, we pay homage to them. We, we send, you know, you have petals to help guide them back to their home, to their altar, where you have set out the things that are there for them. You know, I think it's very much, yeah, I would say it's accurate. It's also a way of honoring legacy. Mm-hmm. that you know ancestors have left mm-hmm. you and a way of also you know teaching other people especially the young that death is not to be feared mm-hmm. which is probably the most important part of that. that's a big piece yeah. and and to remember where you came from also yeah. is that mm-hmm. these are the people you know i think as a society i mean my personal belief is that we tend to forget how much the elderly or senior population did to build us up as an economy as a culture as you know, our values, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, not all are great, but I think this is in the same sense is that you are teaching younger generations to say, hey, these are, these are the men and women that helped form your family, you know, good, bad, or ugly, we are still honoring them as part of our culture, our family culture. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's very colorful what we associate with death most often in this country in the United States black. is black, is sadness, is just it's gray darkness. and dull. It's and very yeah. dark and dim and not talked about. And it's very Dia, Grim Reaper-esque. Yes. Dia de Muertos is colorful and joyful and life-affirming yeah. and really a celebration of who all these people were. Vibrancy. And who 
because of your heritage, because of who came before you, who you have the potential to be. Mm -hmm. Well, and part of that is also, you know, that's cultural, the black and everything, because it was originally that kind of European culture was that black, wearing black when you've gone to a funeral and stuff made you invisible to the dead. Mm -hmm. So when you go to the funeral, you wear black so the spirits can't follow you back. And we still kind of... Which is that interesting combination of All Saints Day and All Souls Day, where the veil is lifted and you're right there, but in the... Yes. In the Dia de los Muertos culture, you have the marigolds that actually got, I mean, is that what you were... Well, I was thinking, like, there's no fear of it. No. It's not a, they're going to come and get me. No. Thus Halloween. Thus celebrated. dressing up to scare right. away ghosts. Yeah. You're actually inviting them. And the way and that you do that is that you literally leave them a trail of orange petals to guide them back, you know, and... You literally are leaving them a map and embracing them coming back into your life as opposed to, you know, the ghouls, spirits, right. scariness of Halloween. This is much more like... That is European, like you're saying. It's, it's exciting. It's an exciting day. You know, mm-hmm. you, this, is the, this is the few days of the year that you get to invite the people that you love and cared for back into your life and embrace them um, with all their favorite things and shower them with things that you haven't gotten to do in a long time. Well, a good transition for the dates real quick is that I read it's basically October 31st to November 2nd. So it's, what, the evening of? Midnight to midnight. Midnight to midnight. And that uh, prior to Spanish colonization in the 16th century, it actually took place in the beginning of summer. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. So there were a couple of months that were added to the calendar. After yeah, that point, true. So. <laughs> they did. The Spanish came in, and did some work. <laughs> they did a lot of things. Yeah, but that's part of. I mean, we can get to it later. But that's part of where Katrina's came from. You know, the the whole concept of the the beautiful dressed up skeleton was part of that introduction of Spanish culture. Well, let's get into uh, the items of. Dia, Dia de los Muertos. Thank you. I'm just going to point to you when I need you to yeah. say it because I cannot do an accent to save my life and I will just do it a disservice. Except um, for the twangy southern one. Oh, that's terrible. Nobody wants to hear that. Just like one yes, yes. There's one thing I think that really stands out to me about this day is that the other side is really seen a, as light yes. and positivity and love it's not dark and joy. And it's, not, yeah. it's not dark. It's not scary. Yeah. It's, we need to reach back and access our ancestors, which is just it's very cool. And then the world that they live in, essentially, mm-hmm. that our ancestors live in, is vibrant and, and colorful. It's not this dark, dreary place where you go to the depths of hell and stay forever. You know what I mean? It's, it's you know, the way they paint the picture is, is much more positive. It's much more celebrated of that you get to have this beautiful, lovely life in this grand place. This is completely not in the topic at all, what I was going to talk about, but you just made me wonder. See? Sidebars. It's all right. It's all right. If you don't know, it's okay. But you just made me think that Catholicism has spread through mm. Mexico. Yeah. So how does Dia de los Muertos? How does that track with the Catholicism and thoughts of heaven and hell? Well, Dia de los Muertos is definitely a mash of 
Aztec and Catholicism. I mean, they they really came. And at, Inca too, or just Aztec? Just Aztec. Yeah, uh, they really came to a head together. You know, the Spanish came in and as the, most holidays are created. Oh, yeah, Halloween. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, Easter um, and Christmas. They're all, <laughs> they're all these We want to take over the pagans. Exactly. So we need to adjust. Let's infuse Christianity. We, we need to yeah. adjust their their holidays yeah. and celebrations into our world and make it more Christian. And exactly. right away that they'll digest it as if we do this. Right. And growing up Catholic really struck me is that in Catholicism there's heaven and hell. And then there's this limbo. And you go to limbo mm -hmm. if... You're not really super good or not Is that really your unfinished business? <laughs> it's sort of this place, and you're in, in the Catholic faith. You can pray for those who have gone before you and ask that they be considered entrance into heaven. And they're currently in limbo. They're just residing there until somebody figures out where they should go. And it really struck me that some of this concept, and I think why Catholicism was okay with this holiday, is that it feels a lot like limbo because mm. it's neither heaven nor yeah. hell. It is a place where you go after you pass that isn't either good or bad. Mm. It just is. Mm -hmm. And that feels a lot like limbo to me, at least the descriptions as I was growing up, that that's what it was. And so you prayed the rosary for someone who died to get them out of limbo and into heaven because if you prayed hard enough and long enough and as many times enough, <laughs> you could move this person that passed before you from this place of unknowing to heaven. And, okay. Which and always Latin, seemed weird to me and very a lot of responsibility on my part. <laughs> and Latin American Catholicism is very well known for having a, a big mixture even modern day mm. of Catholic beliefs and more ancient Aztec, okay. Mayan, mm. etc. And, and that's really common throughout all of Latin America. And, and you see it somewhat in Asia too where it's just been accepted that there's local traditions and, and beliefs that are going to be melded, and you know, as long as you're doing the big things they want you to do, it's, it's just going to be kind of overlooked. And you know, there was a there was a big deal when um, the Pope was recently down, or they were having um, the um, oh gosh, I forgot the term for it, but where the all the bishops from Latin America, from the Amazonian region especially came and had kind of a conclave and they were talking about things that were going on in that region and mm -hmm. things that they're hoping that the Pope will agree with to make changes so they can increase the priests because right now they've got a big shortage in that area and someone had put some typical um, statues that you would find in Brazil um, in in that area in in the church and there was this huge thing where people protested, came in, stole it because they felt they were pagan statues and dumped them in the river, and it was this huge conflict. And this, Where's you know, the one with uh, Christ the Savior on the hill or whatever, right? Yeah, that giant Jesus yeah. on the sure hill. Okay. Yeah. All right. So making sure I'm talking about the right country here. Yep. Okay. Interesting. Well, what but, happened? But with in that? Brazil, it's, you know, totally fine to have like a statue of Panchamama in there. That that's okay. That's accepted because they... Is it kind of in their saint world? Like, Catholicism has a lot of saints, I know. My limited yeah. knowledge of Catholicism. Catholicism does have a lot of saints. Yeah. And regardless of what your name was at birth, when you are confirmed, you choose a new name that is based on the saint that you consider Which is to be basically Mary Catherine. 
Well, mine was Teresa. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know how it goes with my name. I'm but the worst. That's what it was. Yes. And then if you go to be in a vocation and take vows, you do another one. Right. Yes. Uh, all right. This is not about Catholicism. Yeah. Let's get no. back on track. Move on. on. But it is Come on. Again. It could have been fun. As Talon said, with most other holidays, there was a pagan tradition mm -hmm. that was maybe they just decided not to fight it. And even before paganism, there was some other tradition that was just taken over and absconded by the church. <laughs> yeah. The church said, we're going to take this ours, and we're yes. just going to put a little twist we're on it and then give it back to you. Enjoy it. Even the day of worshiping on Sunday mm -hmm. was a change that oh, went yeah. along with the, you know, mm -hmm. the pagan beliefs. And back that. to the adding a couple months to the calendar. Thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> just PS. We're going to just put in a few more times. Yes. Okay. So Katrina's. Would you like to talk about that? Because I don't have that on my list. I forgot to add that. Oh, the Katrina dolls and oh. beautiful dresses. So describe what a Katrina is and then what you know about it. Um, okay, so I would need to fact check myself. But from my knowledge, a Katrina is essentially, it, it started out as art. And when the wealthy Spanish started migrating over into Mexico, um... It, it became sort of this, um, the, the poor people of Mexico couldn't live up to this standard of, of the high Spanish life. And so they were essentially dying from starvation, other things, because the money wasn't flowing downhill. It was like molasses in trickle January. Yeah, it does. Work. It trickled well, down so economics. Was not working. <laughs> So the, this artist essentially came up with this, the, almost a cartoon, uh, mocking the, um, the new Spanish migration and basically showing, um, well, you have all these poor dying people and here you are all dressed up, so let's put a corpse in fancy clothes and parade it around. Mm. Um, but then it became this really great piece of culture, you know, as it began it to just grow. got incorporated. Yeah, it, be, it began to get incorporated and then it got, um, it sort of also morphed with the uh, calaveras, the, the skulls, um, and, you know, the sugar skulls, a whole different thing, but they ended up sort of being that, you know, Wonder Twin Powers activate sort of feeling of, you know, a Katrina, a sugar school, they all sort of came to represent part of Day of the Dead. So I just fact-checked you on Google, but <laughs> most of what you said is absolutely accurate. Yes! <laughs> Victory! Uh, one interesting fact to add where, Wait, where was I wrong? That, no, it's just an oh, additional good. fact. Yay. Is that it is believed that the Aztecs worshipped a goddess of death, that they mm. much protected their departed loved ones, and that is who the La Katrina dolls were. Yeah. Um, fashioned after Very and then cool. super interesting side note september of 2019 so wow. just this just year just this year wow not that on my up on my game mattel introduced a new barbie online in oh, honor yeah. of dia de muertos oh i did see that in the news named la katrina yeah wow. i did see and that in the news expensive. oh uh, my gosh yeah. yeah of course it's like the bob mackie barbies probably probably so seventy-five dollars for the doll. It's obviously culturally appropriate. Some Mari Luz Gonzalez, co-host of late-night radio show, said. 
Do you mean cultural appropriation, or do you mean it is culturally uh, appropriate? Said, oh, sorry, it is cultural appropriation. <laughs> I apologize. Completely different. Okay. I mean, because I was really wondering. Absolutely different. But, and so my cultural argument. Cultural appropriation. My argument, my my devil's advocate would be. Who cares? It's yes, it's commercialized, but it's also mm-hmm. showing representation, yeah. which we don't have enough of. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? Exactly. So, and yeah. so it, it's, I mean, and, it's a beautiful And life. it's a way to represent it in a, in a fun and vibrant way. You know, it, it, I, I think that it's a beautiful way to represent part of the culture, you know. Yeah. And it's, it's different than just having, you know... A uh, new Hispanic or Latina princess at Disney. You know what I mean? It's Did you find the Barbie? Is it is it tan mm. or it's is painted. it white? It's painted. It's painted it's white. Like yeah, it has the it has the well, because it sugar skull face. And, that, and that's what oh. I was thinking. With if you really want to say, oh, we're going to go after you know inclusion. And, and giving more representation, mm-hmm. then why not make a Barbie who's Latina? Yeah, right. exactly. Rather With than the Katrina. Sugar I mean, it's it. great, Katrina, but if you're really going after representation, why not make something that but Latina I mean, they have. people they're, can... When, when but, they're they're going, but, they're, but they're Mattel, and they're going after mm-hmm. marketing, and right. the, but they can say that they hit a, the Latina but, market. But they by, did include Barbies from Mexico in the Dolls of the Road collection. So, right, but and it's a I collection. It's not tell Barbie's you. just not no. Latina oh, yeah. because she's her she's slightly darker. At least she than doesn't look like regular Barbie face. No, to she me. doesn't look like a regular Barbie, and she does have the white yeah. face paint on, but she is not. I mean, it's very, beautiful. She's very beautiful. But we're, we're looking about, at you, this. But you think about Barbie some of right the now. people from the Hispanic culture that we know, like like Esme is a good example. She's very light skinned for for somebody that is a one hundred percent sure Hispanic. You know, she represents that skin tone, if you will. Oh yeah, there's a variety that's, of skin tones. But that's but the problem could, is that you can't. And you represent, that the other issue with that is in a lot of those cultures. Light skinned mm-hmm. is the goal because yes. that automatically sets you up as a higher socioeconomic mm-hmm. status. Just like, like in Asian or Asian cultures where they have bleaching the most kids. Of the, po- of, of the population has mm-hmm. much darker skin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're not represented. Exactly. Yeah. So where do you, I mean, how do you meet that, yeah. that need? You yeah. just can't. You can't, you can't please everybody, you, you know. <laughs> But I do think that talent, talent does have a point mm-hmm. in that there's a difference between doing a Katrina and doing a Latina Barbie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it, that's, it's different representation. Agreed. And, and scene. <laughs> and, and Mattel did sell out. Oh, damn it. Of course I did. All right. Uh, so you said, you talked about sugar skulls. Mm-hmm. Can you say that word again? Calavera? Yeah. Well... Let's back up. We'll come back to sugar skulls because they're generally part of an ofrenda. Say that. Ofrenda. Thank you. That's better. So what is an ofrenda? Yes. Uh, An ofrenda is an altar um, and it is essentially a, a place where you honor those who have lost. You put up their photo to honor them and to uh, help guide them back so it's a 
it's an end point, if you will. Uh, correct me if I'm... Mm -hmm. um, but essentially, you put up this ofrenda and you lay out things um, that they loved. So if it was a, a child that had passed, you would put out some of their favorite toys. If it was uh, a, a family member and, you know, for example, part of... We don't do an ofrenda, but each year my dad's favorite food was tacos, and so on his birthday every year we do tacos to honor him because it was his favorite food. Um, and we've done that for 22 years, you know. Um, if our family did an ofrenda, that's what I would, that's probably what I would put out, and a really awful vanilla flavored cigar. <laughs> oh my god. Do they always include um, photos of the deceased? As far as I know, yeah. Or they use, um, the other thing that I've used, and I'm not sure if it's a different element, um, but they will sometimes use skulls and write the person's name across the, the forehead is as an honor, a, a way of doing that. But as far as I know, mostly it's, it's photos, especially now. Back then, obviously, no photos likely. That's where the skull originated right. from was this is Bob. Mm -hmm. Here lies Bob on my ofrenda, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, mostly what you do now is put a picture of your loved one, uh, give them an offering of things that they loved, um, and then you guide them back. And it's really important in the ofrenda to recognize certain elements, and the, those the are four. light and wind and earth and water earth and water so mm -hmm. having little pitchers of water glasses of water mm -hmm. out having mm -hmm. food candles <coughs> uh, food definitely mm -hmm. for whatever their favorite food was so their favorite candy their favorite snacks um, but the candles really came about and that's I think where a lot of people feel that this is a, a Catholic holiday is because there's so many of those candles in Catholicism but it's the symbol of light it's not necessarily that candle uh, just the light symbol, and then the flags, the, what the Picaro Papel. Yes. So Picaro Papel is like uh, the tissue paper flags that you see. Um, they're all multicolored. Um, in the beginning of this, the whole Dia de los Muertos, it was, you would chisel out those pieces, um, but it was to represent the wind, essentially, is that mm. if you had these, these it, it represented that element. Um, of the ofrenda, so you had the fire, the candles, you had the the food, which was the earth, and then you had uh, the wind, which is the um, the picado papel, and then uh, water. Hmm. Yeah. So, but it was essentially represent, and that that's part of I think the what carries over from the Aztec culture. You know, is that that is still those natural elements are still honored. That would make um, more I, sense. I didn't read anything about that. Which which I think is just really, really neat. You know, for as much as, you know, uh, Mexican culture has adopted Catholicism, um, they still implement these really beautiful parts of that Aztec, very, you know, beginning culture. And uh, the sugar skulls I was reading uh, are considered a personification of the dead, and you're probably right. They probably did start before photos to represent yeah. <laughs> uh, that they're I thought it was interesting because I really hadn't thought about them being so early on but they're not actually meant to be consumed no even though they're made out of sugar right mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> or often made out of sugar or used to be um, that they included beads feathers and foil and were very decorated 
probably more so to represent the person and what they liked, I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. Other thoughts on Sugar Skulls? Well, it's such an important part of Dia de los Muertos. I mean, it's it's become an iconic piece. I guess that's a better way to say that. Not an important part, but I think it's an iconic piece because they are ornate, and I think they're individualized, and um, it it's become an, an art culture, which I think is which is really really cool. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they started as I mean again, it was the name on the forehead, here lies Bob, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and they've made it into something that was so much more beautiful and so much more, unfortunately, commercialized, but... But if they're colorful and yeah. ornate and they often have they speak to the, or, or they speak to the person, or, you know, they they use the, mm-hmm. the person's background to, to make them ornate, you know, what was it about you, you know, are you a hard person or are you, like... You know, skull and crossbones. Put a Harley logo across my head. You know, whatever. Exactly, <laughs> whatever it may be. You know, but I think that they they do start to speak to the person, um, and they come in all different shapes and forms. You know, that's the thing is that they're not just an actual skull. It's they're in cookies. They're in cutouts. They're in uh, coloring book pages. <laughs> and pinatas. I and mean, pinatas. it's it's all of the yeah. all of these things. Well, speaking of commercialization, <laughs> here comes the cocoa conversation. Mm. Let's talk and about books. pop culture. So, can I just say, if Target sells it, it's commercialized. <laughs> Don't judge Target. I love Target. They had an entire Look, they're never going to sponsor me, so don't worry about it. They had a whole section that I had to come and tell Erin about, because I'm like, we're having a Dia de los Muertos party, and did you know that Target has like half an aisle? She's like, yeah, I bought it. They have a little cart. She's like, don't worry, it's all in my office. Thank goodness for Target Online. Woo! So, when doing this research for this episode trying to learn what I could since I did not grow up in this culture and did not want to just be appropriating a topic to be talking about it on an episode, but I wanted to do it justice. I asked a few different people of Mexican origin, not just randomly Hispanic or Latino or whatever, but specifically Mexican. And both of them told me, go watch Coco. (laughs) Oh, I was it will there for tell the second you response. <laughs> everything you need to know. So, Wrong. listeners out there, if you haven't heard of Coco, it's a Disney Pixar collaboration. Came out in 2017. It's and a fabulous movie. It's a great, great animation movie. It's very cute. It's very colorful. It's again nice that. Little Mexican children can see themselves in movies and have representation. However, for so someone Hallie's arms are crossed right now. To tell you she's that everything you need it. to know is in Coco is bullshit. Okay, I I have a question here. Yes. When And if you haven't seen Coco, I'm spoiling it, so whatever. Yes, yeah, spoiler alert, you're gonna learn everything about Coco. When you <laughs> don't know something about a culture, about a way of life, about yeah. anything. Yeah. Is it that cultures, that way of life's 
responsibility to educate you? No. Okay. It's not question. their. It is not their responsibility. However, as a social worker, and this is a podcast that does talk about social work perspective, I value cultural humility. How better to learn about a culture than to ask if they are willing to discuss it with me? If your response is go watch Coco, and that's everything I need to know about it, I'm getting the wrong information from now what I know about this holiday. In this tradition. So I feel like that is not helpful for me to, to understand a culture when you're actually leading me down a road that's not going to help me understand the actual holiday or tradition. But to be fair, you did ask two Mexican people that do not celebrate this holiday, nor do they hail from a place in Mexico that celebrates this holiday. So they did not say that no, originally. But I'm just saying it would be like asking somebody who's Native American to tell you about their culture. Well, Salish versus no, 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 no. I, I'm, no. I'm just saying there's there's a difference because not all Mexican people celebrate. Hashtag not all Mexican people, and I agree with you. However, celebrate Dia de los Muertos. I did not say to one of them or both of them, "Tell me all about Day of the Dead." What I said was. What do you know about this? Go watch Coco. Well, maybe, Go watch Coco. But is that all they know? They, Good point. Is that Good all point. they know? When I said, that's no, not the response I was hoping for, then I got, it's a traditional Mexican holiday. I didn't get, I'm sorry, I don't know. I didn't celebrate it, or I didn't grow up with it, or... It's not part of my fuck culture. Off. <laughs> I got, Go watch Coco. So, is Coco a good starting point, though? Because for me, when I was told, hey, you should go watch Coco, it's a great story about remembering our ancestors. And that's how it was presented to me. So when I watched it, that's how I accepted it. Was, oh, my gosh. This is a great representation of respecting our ancestors. However, it is a Disney movie. I'm, I'm putting I, my I came, on. I came at <laughs> it with... Put your on for this conversation. Hey, this is the new Disney Pixar movie. P.S. You have an almost three-year-old. Hey, let's watch this 200 times. And I found myself, as I was watching this movie, over and over and over... Like, ask my husband. The overs keep happening. But, like, I literally did start to Google things as I was watching this over and over again. What, what, what Hispanic word are they using? I don't know what that means. And I would spell it completely wrong. But I would go and I would do enough research because I, I was curious. I wanted to know. If I'm going to have to watch this, if I'm going to be subjected to Coco, I don't know how many ever-loving times, <laughs> I am going to learn some shit while I do it. So... That was part of where my Dia de los Muertos education started. So to answer your question, is it a good starting place? Yes, if you know that it's not completely yes. accurate. When you're told that's everything you need to know. No, it's not. And, and some of it's wrong. to have something to follow up on. Right. If you're telling me Wikipedia is going to be the only thing I have to learn from, because the internet's the internet. How am I going to know what they're telling me is right? Where do you think they got the information from Coco? Probably from Wikipedia. Worse than Wikipedia. <laughs> Wikipedia is probably more accurate. 
So. I don't think they went to Oaxaca and was like, hey, could you tell me all well, about your... The, so the person who suggested that I watch Coco mm-hmm. is also a person who travels to Oaxaca mm-hmm. every year and stays there over the Christmas holiday. And in Oaxaca, they have a radish festival where they carve these amazing radishes into different designs. There was a one photo that he showed me was they carved a wheelchair and Stephen Hawking in the wheelchair out of these radishes. Wow. Because they're not like Jeez. tiny radishes. They're giant radishes. That they're like pumpkins, like, but not. Kind of the giant pumpkins, but they're yeah. white and red like a radish and long and skinny. And that to me, I kept, I had that in mind as well when I was watching Coco. So it was sort of this fantasy version of what a traditional small Mexican town would look like during mm. a festival. Mm-hmm. So in fairness, festival. I did watch Coco. What did you think? <laughs> she did not like it as much as Millie and I Now, did. I may have liked Coco more had I watched Bonding. it not in this context. Had I seen it in 2018 mm-hmm. before I started researching this, mm-hmm. maybe I would have liked the movie more. What I felt watching it was that, A, it was all about making people feel guilty about forgetting their ancestors because then they blink out of existence. Catholic guilt. Total Catholic guilt. Hello. And that... Infusion. uh, Grudges are okay to ruin your grandchildren's lives because her hatred of music, even though it actually gave one of them joy and they come to find this out later and eventually accept that it. That part makes me cry every time, though. But, I get teary. I shouldn't say cry, but But teary. had he not been sucked up into Grandma. the ether of whatever that's called, limbo, then that wouldn't have been corrected. So what is that telling you? That you can just be pissed off? Don't fuck with the Sidebar. dead is what it's telling you. <laughs> it Don't is. fuck with your ancestors or you're going to get sucked into the ether and you are done. <laughs> Let's just it, start there. It is a Disney movie. Disney lesson though, number one. Is every Disney movie has a moral, has a lesson. Sure. So but that's my is, problem. Is I watched it in that it, context. That Disney infusion part of it is that go right. back to fables? Does it go back to, you know, Brothers Grimm? Does it go it's back pull, to all it's these pulling stories? it's pulling from history and putting the Disney spin on it. Yeah. So let's uh, talk I mean, about spirit animals. I thought you were going to talk about the Disney. Okay. Sorry, Talon. So, if I was watching this to know everything I need to know, you want it, Dante? I would believe that spirit animals are a part of Day of the Dead. And Ben's going to be your spirit buying, animal. If you were buying Dia de los Muertos supplies at Target, you would also believe this because they have the Alabrije dogs and cats available at Target. Now, is that because of Coco or is, was it, would it have been available before that? Alabrijes? Alabrijes? Okay, so Alabrijes are, were not, so the one, let me just be real straight and honest, it's that true. they are not as- associated with Dia de los Muertos, so it, the way that Alabrije started was actually um, this artist named Pedro Linares. He, when he was young, he got a fever and hallucinated and saw these magical, mystical creatures and all these crazy different funky colors. And um, when that? he... What? Can you say that? What? What, you just what did you I just say? You can say whatever you want to say. What did I... Did I say something bad? 
You hallucinated a bunch of colors. That's oh, yeah. Crazy funky colors. Crazy funky, yeah. I mean, he was totally tripping out on his fever, or as my husband likes to call it, LSD. And I'm like, no, seriously, he was like really ill. But in his in his hallucination of his fever, he saw these creatures. And so when he came out of it and became better, he started with uh, remaking them through paper mache. And so then as folklore grew around this, I think this was in the 30s, they slowly just got integrated into the culture. But to my knowledge, they are not anywhere specifically associated to Dia de los Muertos or guiding people needing spirit animals to guide them back from the dead. That's more what the uh, Simpesuches. Simpesuches is the marigolds, uh, oh, the yeah. flower. So that is more the symbolism of guiding the dead back to the ofrenda as opposed to spirit animals. Spirit animals could be considered and are in Coco as a way to like keep you safe in the land of the dead, essentially, or help. They're like your Jiminy Cricket of Mexico. It or to find uh, half live children yeah. that are being made to feel I, guilty. I'm not. Yeah, it's just really. The, I'm not letting go of this. No, the underlying premise. Is if you're gonna like go super dark Disney behind the ears, yeah, it's pretty messed up. <laughs> There's <laughs> a lot of guilt <laughs> involved in Coco. Um, but as far as Alabrijes go, it's it's. I not... mean, there was a murder for crying out loud. Yeah, but like both of them are dead. What are you gonna? You can't say that you can do like dead justice. It's not like Judge Judy's down there like, hurry this shit up. I don't got all day. You know, it's it is what it is. Well, and I wonder, too, I'm just looking on Wikipedia, which is not my favorite source for anything. God, at least use Google. I know. Well, I Googled and Wikipedia showed up. They they use filtered results. Uh, Don't worry. It does add to the Alabrijes that although the Oaxaca Valley area already had a history of carving Mm -hmm. animals and other figures from wood, uh, it was after... Pedro Linares. He got sick. Mm-hmm. That uh, and he dreamed of a donkey with butterfly wings, a rooster with bull horns, a lion with an eagle head, and all of them were shouting one word: "Alabrijes." So that was how he came up with the name. Okay. Um, I never have a good fever like that. Right? Seriously? No, you sure he wasn't on LSD? Was it rheumatic fever? Was it a UTI? Scarlet. Probably a UTI. It was probably a this UTI. This is a really good UTI. A good UTI. The hospice social worker's coming out. <laughs> not have antibiotic treatment. I mean, just saying. Was penicillin a thing in the 30s? I don't know. I don't uh, remember. So it is three so. towns. Three towns in Oaxaca where most of the alabrihate. Yeah. Uh, manufacturing is done so I'm wondering if it really is more of a like that area of Mexico it's like Mount Vernon and Tulips but that's such a small Oaxaca and Alabrijes however for (laughs) us here in Skagit County there is a huge population of people who have come from Oaxaca that live here true but I don't think the they made coast. cocoa in Mount Vernon, so... No, but, the but West I... Coast, which is in California, so... Which is but I do remember, I mean, so uh, living and growing up in Mount Vernon, you know, I have seen the Hispanic population rise, and I've seen it become more integrated in my schooling as I became, you know, of high school age and all of those things. And I always found it so wonderful, just, like, that we got to incorporate these new cultures as, as people came in into the school system, you know, because we would have people that just 
hey, we have a whole new batch of new kids, you know, because they were moving through the migrant families. You know, we have such a huge farming culture. Um, but it was also, you know, again, as you talk about this, it's a, it was also a source of grief is that you would make friends and then those friends would leave because they would have to go. And so, um, I mean, that's a whole nother hospice story, but all the things that instilling this culture in my culture became, it was really neat because I, that was when that, that became prevalent, you know, during Halloween time. And I want to note, please, that Halloween and Dia de los Muertos are not the same thing. They are not <laughs> connected. Like, please get the gringo out of you if you think they are one and the same because it's that's not it. But is it acceptable to dress up as a Katrina or a sugar skull for Halloween? No. I don't. Uh, personally, I don't think so. I don't think that it's... I don't think so either. I don't think it's culturally appropriate, I guess, would be the better way to say it. I think that... If you do it, you should do it to honor the culture and to, you know, honor your dead and to, to, to be in it, to be in the Dia de los Muertos culture. I don't find it, personally, to be appropriate to dress up as something that has such deep cultural significance. I think Even if you're doing it to honor it? Sort but you're not like, doing it to honor it on Halloween. Halloween, it, it's you, just it, because it's not the right day. Know, it's not the right day. It's like yeah. you don't decorate your house for Christmas until the day after Thanksgiving. Okay, there are some thousands of people, people out there that are enraged right now listening to you say that. Some people make the assumption that you can absolutely start decorating your house for Christmas, whether you believe in Christmas or not, whether you're Christian or not, whatever, on November first, and that you is can just start putting up holiday shit. You have to wait until after Thanksgiving. There I do day. I do. I too, day I after confirm. Thanksgiving. That's when we go and get our Christmas tree. That's like my go. Yes. The day after Thanksgiving, it's game on. There, it should not be back to school Christmas at Costco. No. I mean, what the what? I feel like there's I another opinion in the room that hasn't <laughs> been heard. That's dying to come out. He would love to talk. Well, you're talking about Halloween and cultural appropriateness for Halloween and costumes. Who gets to draw that You're line? You're right. Yeah, no, I, I can mean, see that. there are so many... Yeah, so what's many wrong, what's right, be, yeah. Exactly. That... For example... Oh, no. oh sorry. No, 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 I don't know... I don't... I, don't, I think that, that there are very few lines which could be crossed on Halloween which could be inappropriate. My brother is dressing is up as Peter, Peter, the pumpkin eater for Halloween. So his girlfriend's a pumpkin. What are you dressing up as? For and he has an orange face. <clears throat> That's super gross. I think you, I think it's very that inappropriate. It's a, a judgment on my part. I'm just saying, if you want to talk cultural inappropriateness, I think that you're right. There are so many lines that, like, there's Peter, Peter the pumpkin eater, and then there's, like, you are messing with Mexican culture. Like, the, the, where do you end it, right? I mean, I think part of it just has to be us not jumping immediately to political correctness right? on the behalf of a culture that's not yours, number one. Uh, I do think that microaggressions and cultural appropriation are a generational scar that constantly causes trauma for people 
and it's not wrong if they feel like it's an appropriation of their culture, whatever that is that's happening. I also... I was going to say, I feel there's a but sim- coming not, on. Not a but. <laughs> Simultaneously, I feel like there are lots of things that other cultures do, specifically and usually white culture, dear white people, mm-hmm. that are done in a respectful and honoring way, not meant to just take it because it's cool, like... Such as? Rap and saggy pants, but like... But they were cool. Tattoos or clothing, you know. Is, is it always a cultural appropriation if you're wearing something that's traditionally someone else's? Or can there be a middle ground right. of, I really love this and well, love like the culture. it's tribal art. Is that, like, if I was to get a tribal tattoo, right, because I've been born and raised in the Pacific Northwest, and... I, right, so I, I identify. So why are you doing it? Are you doing it because it's cool, or are you doing it because it's respectful of where you grew up and you want to honor that? Oh, I would totally do it for the latter. But you know, nobody knows that when they just see it on you. So you know what I'm saying? Like people so they assume jump on it. that I'm an asshole who. <laughs> right. So what I'm saying is, if someone dresses up as a sugar skull or a Katrina, right. we automatically assume well, you're just doing it because it's popular and not I don't necessarily know. because they're. Trying to be respectful. I of. grew up in a family where my uncle dressed up as a pregnant nun, so cultural appropriation is not really my jam. So, so I'm just curious. Talking about cultural appropriation, it says Katrina is depicted as a Mexican who embraces mm-hmm. European aristocratic, aristocratic traditions. Yes, so it's essentially the Spanish European coming clothes. over. Yeah. She wears European clothes, including a lace veil, a dark Victorian dress. A red rose tiara, a skeleton mask, a necklace and earrings, and black lace high heels. So you're suggesting that the Mexican girl that dressed up as a Spaniard is culturally appropriating Spanish culture? I'm more suggesting that the Spanish... It, honestly, it, but in Mexico they appropriated the Spanish dress, which was the lace, and, yeah. and Spain had absolutely appropriated what was from Europe, and so at this point we're just you know, 75% of the circle back to Europe for appropriating this costume. I'm just not sure appropriation is the right word. Yeah, not in that True. context. Yeah. Because is it, is it that a, was, from a cultural perspective, the Spanish introduced right. that way of dress. And they came the, and said, the Mexicans this is that the were, new thing. They conquered that were stuck in that, that culture... Yep acculturated, assimilated those cultural Right. It was the Puritans turning the Native Americans And some of them were mocking it, you know. There was an element of satire to it when it started. Yeah. So that's not appropriate. But if you become, if you come to love it as a Mexican. But again, it also became a part of art culture. Right. So, I mean, and you have to understand that aspect of it, too, is that art is interpretation. You you know, so it, it gives a sense of of leeway, right? Yeah. Because it's for everyone to interpret for themselves. And whether it's a, a Katrina with the Spanish influence or, you know, the poor mocking, I mean, it all, or an Alabrije, it's all, it's a lot of art influence, which I think also should be attributed to the holidays, that they, they pull in different aspects of their culture, which I think is diff- which is really cool. Final words on... Dia de los Muertos? Yes. 
Talon, go ahead and say it. You point at Talon so he can say it better than me. No, I just crack up that she constantly points at you. <laughs> anyone, anyone like besides. someone who can pronounce someone it. Someone who can say it. I can't, I, I can't roll my R's to save Dia my life. De los Muertos. Thank you. I think it, it is. It just sounds prettier when it's pronounced correctly. A fabulous holiday. I, I love how much. I think in the culture that we're in today, we don't pay a lot of attention, um, or our, our culture doesn't focus on how much our lineage did for us as we grow in society, you know? Um, and I really love the, the practice of honoring those that I have lost. And recently had a conversation with someone who, um, they're like, well, I really, I don't lose people. You know, I, the, it's pets may be more important to me. And I think that that's just as impactful, you know, to, it's not about honoring necessarily people, but honoring about the thing that the, the impact that mammals have had in our life. Um, those we love. Those we love. Yeah. And I think that it's really neat the way that they, they in detail honor those that they love. You know, it's not just put up a picture and, oh, grandpa, I miss you. It's here are your favorite things. Here are your favorite games. Here are the things I can put out in remembrance of you. And when you do come back to visit, I'm ready. Like, I'm ready for you. And I think that that's really neat. You know, I've had a lot of death in my life, especially at a young age. Um, and I like to believe that, um, so all the birthmarks on my body, I have always told my girls, those are angel kisses, that those are the people that love you. They come down and they leave your mark. And I, I sort of feel like Dia de los Muertos honors that you have made a mark in my life and therefore I want to honor you back. And I, and I love that. And I wish I'm a little jealous that I'm not more Hispanic because my 2% Esme, that's for you gets me by because I do have some Mexican culture. Um, but it's definitely, you know, not enough to, to call myself, uh, Mexican, but I, I really do. I, I'm fascinated by their culture and, the beauty that they intertwine with with their with their culture, it Americans really suck at it. We really need to get better at the finesse part of death. All right. Okay. I just the only side note that I have is that, that Halloween was also ripped off from an ancient Celtic festival. Well, yeah, pagan. So. Yes. I'm not gonna do yeah. Halloween only because everyone else is doing Halloween. Yeah. Just everything is ripped off from something else. Everything is ripped off from something else well, because we've been around. Well, you have to go around. far back. I mean, you're going to Aztec culture, Dia de los Muertos, mm -hmm. pagan culture, yeah. Halloween. I mean, you go far enough back, it all is based out of something few, else. few things. Yeah, it's, and it's just been built on. bored and had to celebrate something. Seriously, so we, need a, had we need to have a party. All right, there's a full moon. Let's have a fucking party. Right. My final word is this. First of all, cocoa is not the end-all be-all. Fuck cocoa. No, cocoa's fine. <laughs> cocoa's fine for a starting place. I Can love I that it's representative. <laughs> I love that little Mexican children 
especially those that actually celebrate this holiday, are able to see themselves in this movie. That's awesome, and there's not nearly enough of Can it. Can I interject something on that? And then he gets white kids excited. It's not just children. Agree. They're Latino adults who their whole life yeah. have had zero representation, Absolutely. zero positive mm-hmm. representation. Absolutely. <laughs> and some of my friends that have lived this have fallen in love with Coco because this is the first time they yes. have seen themselves yes. and their culture yes. represented Been infused way. into and mainstream culture. Yeah. Represented in a positive way. Yes. Yeah, yeah. in a beautiful way, a fun in way. Some like sideline or negativity or something that's bad. This yes. is such a positive. And as much movie. as it might not be truthful, it does highlight so many beautiful aspects of the Mexican oh, culture. And, and it is beautiful. Just Please and don't ready. assume it's the end-all, be-all, everything you need to know about this holiday. That's all I'm saying. It's a good starting point. I liked it. My soul's not it's fresh a Disney and I'm going to need therapy. Thank you. I like Disney right movies. Right there, you just have to remember, they're going to swing things no, the way no, 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 that no. That's makes fine. a story. I mean, you know, Middle Eastern culture, flying around on carpets, no, having tigers for pets. I get it. It's not real. However, if you're going to direct a white person to say Coco's the end-all be-all, that's not really fair. Then you better be a Mexican. Especially when you're earnestly, honestly trying to learn about something that's not yours. Can I add one more bit of research? Yes. Wikipedia is probably not the most viable source, but National Geographic did a lot of research on this. They holiday, did, yeah. They, they had a great had a article. Great article. Yeah. On it that, Perfect. That it's like the top ten traditional. things you should know about Dia de los Muertos, I and love it, it and it breaks down what they are. It gives you the historical facts. Perfect. Um, they actually in Mexico City. They recently just did a really large Katrina world record breaking thing. All the the most Katrinas in one place at one time, and it was amazing. The pictures. Oh my God! You want to see some really good photography? Ooh. So beautiful. Well, if you can figure out my, the rest of my website, you can put that link on there. Doing it. <laughs> my final thought about this holiday really is working in hospice. <sighs> how much greater our care of people could be if our culture was not afraid of death but yes. celebrated it. Yes. If we had grown up in America with this same sentiment, mm-hmm. even if it's not honored and, and practiced in every state, but if we had the same ideas around death and dying and that it's natural and that it's a celebration, <coughs> celebration that hospice care wouldn't have to focus as much on fear Mm -hmm. as it would be just supporting and and the fun parts of what we get to do not so much the the hard parts because we get to do a lot of fun parts Mm -hmm. and you wouldn't hear from everybody when you say i work for hospice you wouldn't hear Oh, so that must be so hard. And as soon as we had that conversation, your angel, that waitress said, it takes a really strong person. And we just talked about that at the wine bar. I'm like, yep, it does. (laughs) Go watch Coco. Go watch Coco. (laughs) They'll tell you everything you need to know. Bring tequila for your friends at the end of life. Thank you all for joining me. Now let's go hit the hot tub. Thanks, Allie. Thanks, Allie. Thank you. 
All right, that was our Day of the Dead episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did making it. I loved it. Please treat each other kindly over this coming holidays. We're coming up on Thanksgiving, and this can be a really tough time of the year. People are missing loved ones from years past. Perhaps you can do some kind of Day of the Dead to honor your loved ones during Thanksgiving. It's always nice to have some kind of a ritual, even an extra place setting, if that's something that you're willing to do, or a toast in honor of a loved one. So think about those kind of things, take care of each other, and remember each other, because someday we'll all be dead. <laughs>